You guys are here on a good day. We're doing something we've never done here in Hollywood. Never that I've seen. And what we're doing is saying the lines from the movie in the various respective languages. It's very cool. It's every actor's dream. Man, what a hideous, ugly place. I like it. It's a statement. Hello, everybody. This is Scott and Joe. That's Joe. Hi. We are just another movie night, and we are doing something a little different for Talking Trash today. We're going to do The Chronicles of Vin Diesel. (laughs) The Chronicles of Vin Diesel. (laughs) Because Because we've both been watching, we've been watching Vin Diesel movies, and uh, we have a lot to say about Vin, Vin Diesel, his career can be encapsulated in just talking trash. I don't even think we should do separate videos on movies that we watched recently. But I think that the perfect movie to use to talk is the movie Riddick, which is the third movie in a trilogy, The Chronicles of Riddick. Yeah. And Riddick perfectly captures Vin Diesel's movies. It's... Every one of his movies has the same formula. We've just now finished watching a movie called Babylon AD, which is virtually a toned-down version of Riddick. But they all kind of have the same problems. And so I thought it would be really interesting to just run down what these problems are and why they're problems. <laughs> I'm pretty sure we know what the problems are. Like, it's obvious. It, it comes down to what I would say is Vin Diesel himself. I feel like he brings something to his movies, a contract of what he wants to make. I think a lot of the times, I'm not sure, but I know in the cases of the Fast and the Furious franchise and the Riddick franchise, he has say in it. I think for the third Riddick movie, he actually bought the property and was trying to make video games, which, by the way, Chronicles of Riddick, they have a video game called Butcher Bay, which was fantastic. And I would also say when we also pitched Black, it was so different and so weird that we all kind of dug it. And shockingly, I kind of dug the sequel, which is Chronicles of Riddick. So what I found out, I think, is that he started trying to make video game companies and he started trying to make movies. And that's the big problem. Now, this is where the ego comes in. because His movies all have a checklist. What I would say is Vin Diesel's checklist of what he thinks is cool. And that's the problem. Not only do I think that his ego is destructive toward his own career, but also the action hero in general. Because his movie roles, his characters have been taking off in a strange way. They're very popular. And they're not even characters. They're not even humans. There's some kind of superhero sub-genre. 
yeah, for sure. I mean, if you go back through his his resume and you look at these movies, it's I mean, like Triple X, yeah, Fast same and the thing. Furious. It's just Fast and the Furious Riddick Triple X. movies. You know, and but you know, I will say there there those movies are all you know, Vin Diesel being Vin Diesel. Which is when he got um, successful. We're not gonna yeah. count when he does the voice of Groot, because that is James Gunn and Marvel, and it's something else, and he's just there for the ride. Yeah. Um, the same goes for before he got his own success, where he could be his own main star. So we're not talking Spielberg. He did Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. He, he's in some movies. It's when he became, I'm the best action star. That's what I want to talk about. Because yeah. I mean, he he actually came up in a time of like Statham. Like Statham was doing movies. Like he just came into the yeah. scene at that same time and so they were it seemed like they were all kind of like vying against each other like to see who was like the best Absolutely. Um, and now it's like the feud with the rock you know because he wants to be better than the rock so they have like a little um you know like a little uh not a feud, yeah they're not like they're not little, gonna work together ever again they, yeah. they pretty much stated that the rock dwayne johnson won't be a part of the fast and furious franchise which is a shame because shockingly my favorite fast and the furious movie is Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, which, that's my favorite one too. Which knows that it is insane, which all of them now do, but Hobbs and Shaw took it to another level of just having fun. The problem with the Fast and the Furious movies is they take themselves extremely serious, which is a whole nother idea for another podcast down the line of just talking about what is so bad it's good movies. Mm -hmm. Because to me, the Fast and the Furious franchise are so bad it's good. They are laughably fun. <laughs> well, you you really you do like those, those I movies. Them. I gotta say, sometimes I'm just like, all right, come on, man! Like they it's can't insane. fly, you know? They're in space. What, what is happening? Like, yeah. What is happening? It's so absurd. It's just so like it's ridiculous. Like with the cars and all the stuff that they do, and it's just it just keeps getting crazier and crazier. I mean, they literally fly. Yeah. And which in a car. And here's what I love about that. I feel like there's on set. There's two movies being made. There is the movie that Vin Diesel thinks he's in, where he's like, "This is cool, and everybody loves us." And then there's the director and screenwriter who know this is insane cheese, and we're playing with the whole joke. Yeah, but look at the money they're making off these movies. Oh, because so they're laughing all the way to the bank. Yeah, people can't I wait mean, to see them. We did. We ran to the last one. And the reason why is when the joke before the movie came out or was being made, everybody was like, what can they do next? They they drove on top of a submarine. What could they do next? And they <laughs> went, space. And then the, the screenwriters... <laughs> I resort to But the screenwriters heard those jokes <laughs> and actually made them go to space. So... <laughs> When the rumor started that oh, the God. next movie should be Fast and the Furious with Transformers, <laughs> I was like, please, God, oh make God. this happen. Michael Bay crossover <laughs> with Vin Diesel and have him in Optimus Prime. Oh, my God. Best. And you got to tell you, just Vin Diesel saying to Optimus, we're family, <laughs> would be the best <laughs> thing ever. We're family. Can you imagine? I, I, I personally want to see them in their muscle cars, you know, yeah. underwater. 
Like, that's what I want to see. Like, well, you know, they were like, on a submarine. They were driving on a submarine on ice. Yeah, like, I, I, I literally want to see them What, submarine cars? And, like, oh, my God, they suddenly just come upon Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to lie. Let's stop fucking around. And I'll tell you the movie I do like of Vin Diesel's, and I'm not afraid to admit it. It's the one that we um, we actually both agree that we're, like, Bloodshot. Well, here's the thing with Bloodshot again. We saw Bloodshot. I think Bloodshot is exactly the problem that these movies all have. It again, was like Fast and the Furious. It's so insane that you couldn't help but enjoy it. And it is, again, Vin Diesel desperately wanted to be a superhero. Yeah. And being like, I know the perfect superhero, a character who can't be killed. Yeah. And I, you know, though, I do remember loving some of the shots, some of like the colors that were used. Yeah, we, in we that enjoyed movie. it, but like, it was I insane. Had, I had a, but again, you know, he's, he's like a soldier that's like been like, Brought back to life with superpowers. He's like a super soldier. That's you know, it. That's you know, like thing. Captain America, I guess. And I, I like that movie, but I just feel like in every movie, we're watching the same exact character, the same one, although we haven't seen The Pacifier. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, that, that's a whole nother talk because we could talk about how every action star has to make a child movie where there's some kind of yeah. uh, mythological hero. Oh, I can tell you how it's going to go right now. It's going to be, like, I have never seen it, and this is just my speculation. But I'm going to say that in the pacifier, it's Vin Diesel, and he has to watch some kids. He has to be the tough guy. And then by the end of the movie, he's, got a, he's got a heart of gold, and he's got a soft spot for the kids. And he turns around, and he changes his ways. Yeah, Well, do you believe is. in that movie, though, because we haven't seen it? No. And we're just going to guess and spitball here. Is he a mythological like, does he become like a tooth fairy or does he become like a thing? Okay. Or is he just a guy who has to watch some kids? All right. Well, no, here's the, here's the synopsis oh, on IMDb. I should ask you, is he a bodyguard? Okay. No, or is he better. an athlete? No, no, it's better than that. It's better than that. So it says having recovered from wounds received in a failed rescue operation, yeah, okay, Navy so, seal Shane yeah. Wolf has handed a newest. What's his name? What's his name? Shane Wolf. Oh my God. Oh my god! I I like Wolf. I actually like Shane Wolf. I we'll, think that's kind of neat. we'll definitely have to watch this. He movie. does not look like a Shane no. at all, but no. I do like like Wolf is kind of a cool name. But yeah, it's just so funny. I, okay, but anyway, so he's it a should Navy be Terry Badass. That's what his name. <laughs> oh my god! I can't handle this. All right, I don't know why we're excited to talk about Vin Diesel. Let's do the just, checklist. The checklist of Vin Diesel's problem. Okay, why his movies go into the realm of so bad they're good and just insane cheese. All right, checklist number one. He has to have a narration. They say most of your brain shuts down in cryosleep. All but the primitive side. The animal side. This guy on my mind, Frank, was an illustrator. Not that he had done anything. But he used to bring me these books, children's well, books, his gifts. He eventually uh, left my mom. Lost. Uh, most of them did. 
He has to narrate his own movie. He puts his own voice over the movie. What? Here's the funniest part All about that. All the time. Why does he do it, right? Because in these movies, who is he telling the stories to? It, it sounds like he's, like, if you're just, you know, watching these movies and you, you hear the narration, it sounds like he's writing in his diary. Exactly. So my thought is, this is, this is what I love about this narration stuff, because when you narrate in a movie, you have to have an ending tie-up to tell us who you're narrating to, because otherwise you're just narrating to the audience, breaking the wall, and making the whole movie not feel genuine. It mm-hmm. doesn't feel like a story you can get absorbed in. You automatically get kicked out with a narration like that. But he, everyone of his, all, uh, so far, just Riddick and uh, Babylon AD back to back have had narration openings. I love the idea that his characters, especially Riddick, knowing who Riddick is, I love the idea that he goes to a recording studio, that one day he got bored, got drunk, and Riddick was like, you know what? I'm going to record my memoirs. And then I can just imagine a Riddick recording his memoir, just like with the, like the sunglasses <laughs> on, with the headphones, and going, I was in the desert. Oh, in the middle of a desert, a bald man survived <laughs> with a pet dog. It's just insane shit. And yeah. I, I just can imagine well, him handing it out to people on the street, like, hey, you want to hear my memoirs I mean- that I recorded? At least they try to do something different than a dog in, in Riddick. Well, we'll get to that. Because we'll get to that now, too. Because the, the next of the checklists, because checklist number one was narration. That is odd, and it never feels right. And it's always just makes you feel like the movie knows that you're stupid, and it's got to tell you every detail. Two, he is the best. At anything he's doing, he's the best. Yep. If bad guys come into a room and they point guns on him, he's going to have a one-liner and he's going to take the guns away from them and beat them to death or kill them or or threaten them and still somehow show that he's he's a softie. Mm-hmm. So that that's number two. Unbeatable characters. In Fast and the Furious, he is amazing. Now, his character in the Fast and the Furious franchise was just supposed to be a mechanic and a race car driver. I didn't know that. He was a, he worked with his father. He he fixed cars. He went to jail because he beat someone to death with a tool, and he was like, a like a like a street racer, and he's amazing at it. But but that's it, exactly what he was. That's what I'm saying. That's what he oh, is. Oh oh. Okay, I thought it was movie, supposed to be something different. But as the movies go on, he's a superhero. He's an agent. Well, they all are. But it doesn't make any sense. The character keeps evolving in a way where he's like, I am the best. Not only do I know how to fix cars, I can also shoot every gun. I can also fly. I can jump out of airplanes. Yeah. I know how to do everything. I know. It's just so over the top and ridiculous. Uh, yeah. That's the second one is unbeatable, perfect characters. Always. Then number three. He never even gets hurt. That's I mean, what I'm saying. Unbeatable characters that don't get hurt. They never. They, they hardly break a sweat. They are always never beat. Well, he has a scratch and just like the most ridiculous place, you know, like on his back shoulder yeah. or like no one can see it. Yeah. Hey, I want to be a superhero, but I want to be a superhero who can't get killed. Yeah. I have to be perfect. So it cuts out the whole idea of what are the stakes? And this has ruined every super, every action star after. We haven't had, I can't think in the last 10, 15, 20 years, 
have we had an Indiana Jones or a John McClane? I don't think so. I mean, Chris Pratt came kind of close to Indiana Jones. In what? And then I kind of made him like that in the Jurassic World series. He, but that character is one of the worst characters ever. He's not Indiana Jones. He wants to be Indiana Jones, but he's Vin Diesel. He's perfect. I mean, he's not he a He can douche. stop a raptor with his hand. Yes, but I mean. He can outrun a lava I, 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 blast. Well, here's he the thing. He was in an ash cloud, which would have ripped his skin off. Oh, yeah, that lava. And he was, the he lava survived. was literally touching his skin, and he was just laying there. Yeah. Anyway, ash no, okay, okay, let's not get. Um, yeah, I don't want to get off, but I'm just saying. Off the subject. It's, it's the same subject. You're saying, I don't think there is any characters, and I think that these kind of characters are ruined. Even John McClane became these Vin Diesel characters within the, the end of the Die Hard series. He became indestructible. The yeah. whole great thing about John McClane was at the end of the movie, he's beat the shreds. He is messed oh up. Oh my God, he carry. gets so fucked up in the That's first movie. That's what makes him great. Indiana Jones, the same thing. He is effed up. He's getting hurt. He keeps getting it, jinxed. He's scared of things. Yeah. He's not scared of anything. He's never scared he's like, of anything. He's legitimately, like, completely unfazed by, um, by everything. every single thing. Like, his car's flying through the air, and he's, like, literally just eating a chicken sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> perfect example in Riddick. He's on a planet, a death planet, and he fights scorpion squid monsters, and he's just like, you know what? Uh, I'll get over it. Yeah. I'll, I'll figure it out. I'll come back a couple days later, and yeah. I'll figure it out. He's, he's okay. It's okay. It's, it's all good. It's okay. Yeah. You know, there's some bad stuff happening. I can deal with it. I'm poisoned? Eh. <laughs> but I'm not going to die until the mission is over. <laughs> exactly. Until I complete the mission. I Am might I be dying of poison, but I'm going to stay alive until I complete my mission. <laughs> this isn't over. I have to get revenge. Like he's just, it's just, he never, he just never gets defeated. He just never gets beaten. Yeah. I mean, he even and it's then this crazy. Is, and now, now we got to get to the number three. But wait, doesn't he have something in his contract? Didn't you say that that he's not he, he, in the Fast and Furious franchise? He has a contract that he can't lose a fight. That is the most absurd, arrogant thing I yep. have ever and heard. I heard they in all my do. Life. So when you watch a Fast and the Furious franchise, they have to write around it, so they make everything insane, but they can't get hurt. Well, that's so bullshit. It takes all the stakes I, out. No, but the Rock gets hurt in his movies. I've seen him. So how does like that when you say work? hurt is different than losing a fight. Okay, so like if, if like Dave Bautista came and like started beating on the rock, there's no way that he well, would lose because you know he well, has that's, that, that's his the contract rock. that he's not allowed to lose. He he doesn't want to lose a fight in a movie. Yeah. So if he got into a fight in a movie with, with like Dave Bautista or something, yeah, well, like well, I'll put it this way: the rock in particular, since you brought him up in the Fast and the Furious movies, he didn't lose a fight. He fell out of a five-story window, landed onto a car, and was put into a coma. He technically didn't lose the fight. Oh. He just was knocked out. Okay. That is the most With macho the bullshit. Like, that you can't... I mean, honestly, that's macho bullshit. It's macho bullshit. And that's what ruins movies. And that's why Bloodshot is the movie that he was so happy to make. Because he wants desperately to make a superhero... That's in, you know just indestructible. He's just perfect. Right. So it takes the fun out of it. The reason that that movie worked, well, I would say works in a way. It's not great. It's not you know anything. I'll never watch it again. Probably. the The reason that we liked it so much was it was so it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, the visuals of him getting blown into blood splatters and then coming back to 
together is yeah. cool. I, it was it was kind of gory and stuff. Like I I liked it. Going on mm-hmm. the third thing is how he's a softy at heart, so he could be the most brooding bad guy ever. Yeah, but he's inside. He, he's got a heart. He's of got gold. a heart of gold. And he, you know, he gets mushy and he feels things. He his feels hurt him. Yeah, he's on a planet of monsters. <laughs> One of them's going to be his pet. Yeah, because yeah. he's a good guy. Yeah, like in Riddick, he 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 like raised a uh, what do you call those? Call uh, it them, was like a uh, hyena. A zebra. A zebra. It's a hyena. Yeah, like yeah. A, a zebra hyena hybrid. That's that's a mouthful. Yeah, zebra hyena hybrid. And he's like, good my dog. Kill, kill my dog. <laughs> I kind of added like I don't really think well, of it. I, can't, I can't. I can't do his, I, his he's accent. He's got a very interesting voice. Yeah, not even accent, um, but voice. Like just I. I mean, it's very gravelly. It's, a, it's like gr- it's like gruff. Like it's gruff. rough, and it's also like I. I don't even know how to talk about it. It's like, just. It's he's just entertaining to watch, though. The heart of gold thing is another thing, though. Every character, regardless of who they are, you know that they're good guys. So in this Babylon AD movie, right off the bat, it starts off where he gets some food. He talks to after um, yelling at a person to get money because they sold him a gun that doesn't work. He goes to a house and he's friends with everybody in the neighborhood. So you just spent a minute to tell us that he's an <laughs> asshole and then he's going to beat an Asian person up for yeah. a twenty dollar gun. Yeah, and then he's like. Yeah, I, you just showed that. But remember, I have a heart of gold, so I'm going to talk to the kids in town. I'm going to pet the dogs. I'm going to say hi to every uh, elderly person. Yeah, I'm but help someone that up. doesn't make any sense either because then when he has to protect that girl in in the movie, he said, I'm not I'm not going to be your friend. And what does he become? I'm not going to be your boyfriend. And then what does he become? The opposite of everything he says. Everything, yeah. he's got to show he's tough. Yeah. But he's really got a heart of gold. Yeah, so at the end of the movie, she gives birth to kids. And he's now the protector of the kids. And he started out saying, I'm not going to be your friend. I'm not going to be your boyfriend. I'm not going to be your family. I'm not going to be anything to you. I'm not going to be, he said, I don't want even want to know you. Don't speak to me. And then at the end, he's suddenly just, oh, I'm going to raise your kids for you. Yeah. He's got a heart of gold. Another, I guess, number four would be how he's always army person, special ops yeah, person. I mean, well, yeah. He is alone a lot. He is, but like, okay, so in Bloodshot, he was um, a slain soldier. Okay. So that's that's one. um, Triple X. What was he in Triple X? Yeah, he's some kind of um, agent. So he was left for dead after an accident, according to IMDb. And it looks like, oh, okay, he was some sort of like CIA or some kind of operative in Triple X, obviously. So there's that another thing, and then in yeah, um, and then in uh, Riddick, we know that I don't know what he starts off, but he's in jail and he gets put on a prison planet. He put, gets put on a planet. He crashes there. I don't really know his backstory of what he well, is. Apparently, he's pretty famous because I mean Riddick. He has special abilities, like you know, he he can see in the dark. He's pretty famous. Everyone knows who he is, but yeah, he, it, and he got those eyes in prison, but and that's why he's like so famous because he's such a badass and he made it out of the prison planet. I, I don't really know, but yeah, he he seems to always be in a position of where all the people 
that need him in the movies know that he's the best at what he does. Yeah, he always seems to be the best at what he does because he's always, like I said, some sort of um, like a Navy SEAL. Like in Babylon AD, he was a veteran turned mercenary. So there's that again. Like he's always some kind of like uh, ex-military, special ops, something. And I think that is ridiculous as they keep just putting that same plot line and hence making his whole like in invincibility thing yeah, that more prominent. The, uh, number two. Yeah. They kind of connect in that sense. He, he has to be the character that everybody needs to do something. He has to be the guy you go to. He, yeah. And he always has to be like, oh, I wasn't expecting you. You, you were. You were expecting somebody. It, it's just, it's so. They keep fitting the same mold, all of these movies, over and over, repetitive. Mm -hmm. They just change the, the the view. They just change They change the, the, the setting and the... But the, it's the same yeah, story. Like, it's like a different backdrop, but it's yeah. the same exact story. Like, in The Pacifier, which we haven't seen, he's a Navy SEAL. Like, continue on. Even though he's doing what appears to be a comedy, it's yeah. still the it's still same kind of fitting that thing. Mold. It's the same exact thing. So, so he did a movie called Knockaround Guys. He's done a couple movies that are side, actually movies that I don't think he had control of. He was just hired for. He did like this. Uh, he played some famous person. He did like a, one of those uh, autobiography type films. He's done a few that aren't his type of thing. But every time he does an action movie, these are the same movies over and over. And over. Mm -hmm. I think we've. I think maybe I've only seen about ten. Well, I think there's ten. I don't know how many Fast and Furious movies there, but they're. Uh, I think we're in 11. Oh, we? my God. Man, I don't even know anymore. So just say I've seen 20 of the, of his action films or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And they all fit this mold. And oh, I would oh say, yeah, and Save It Private Ryan. He's well, yeah, soldier. yeah, but I wouldn't even say. He, <laughs> and he I, also no, has a heart just, of gold. And he's, yeah, it's yeah. just it just goes along with his whole resume. Yeah, I guess you're right. Moving on to number five, you brought up family. I don't have friends. I got family. The family thing is interesting. He never really has family, right? He seems to have, he builds family. Well, he's always, he starts out in the, in the beginning of the movie as like a loner, you know? Yeah, and he's then, the loner badass. And then he, he does, and then he like, oh, you know, he kind of bonds with the person he's either protecting or, or somebody that's involved with shenanigans the same as him or yeah. something like that. But I will say in Fast and the Furious, does have a sister. And we find out later on. Jordana Brewster. He has a brother, which and, just comes out of nowhere because, yeah. and they forget that Jordana Brewster is his sister. Yeah. It, it honestly seems to move away well, from she that. doesn't really, because her whole plot line is that she goes and marries Paul Walker and they live. But Paul yeah. Walker is the guy who he's supposed to fight and they become brothers. They because become he builds brothers. family. Yes. But like he always starts out where he's just a loner and he can't be, he can't be like, talked to or influenced or yeah. you know he, he's not going to get involved with you yeah. he's just he's a tough guy yeah and, and a lot of the time he loses family and that's a big thing for the character so yeah. like the riddick character he's a loner he has no family and then he finds people and he loses those people or he he has to change those people mm -hmm. but he does it in a way where he pushes them like they're like he's an asshole and then they have to turn on his side. And it never feels warranted. So in Riddick, since that's the one that 
basically is the perfect use, the perfect backdrop for this whole conversation. This movie hits every one of these things. Yeah. And in that movie, the characters, he treats them like garbage and they hate him. And at the end, they're like buddies and it never feels warranted. It never feels like it should happen. When they, when they leave, you're like, no, these characters wouldn't be friends. The not jump forward too much. If I'm jumping to six, that's the next conversation that kind of links to this one. How sexy he thinks he is. <laughs> so this character, everybody wants to sleep with Vin Diesel. I mean, he does have a smolder about him. He I don't see smolders. it. I don't get it. He, I think he creeps me out. He creeps me out. Oh, uh, right now we have a picture of Babylon 80 staring at us. And it's just in staring into He's my giving, soul. He's giving like uh, I'll I'll just say this because you can't see him, but he is giving a side eye, like just like a smoldering side eye. Um, like he in most of his like DVD box covers have, have him that face on this like looking from the side, like yep. just like a just like a smoldering look. Like there's no other way to describe He's it. He's trying like, to do the eyebrow. Yeah. He's kind of saying to you. I know you took my last breadstick. <laughs> it, it's just like it's it's just uncomfortable. I don't like it. Oh my god! And, but no, yeah, he does every, think he does think him he's, he's very sexy. Like he thinks the world of himself. He thinks the world of himself. And now to point this out even more. Now I don't. I think every movie we can name is he. Every woman wants him. So in the Fast and Furious franchise, he's got the the character it's Michelle um, Rodriguez. Yes, but then. They, she's like dead or whatever in the series, and she's not really dead, but she comes back. But in that time, he falls in love with a cop and has a kid. Yeah, like the cop who's chasing him falls in love with him. Of course she does, and he becomes the fun. Now this is a guy who beat someone to death with a wrench and he went to jail for it. And he's like everybody loves him. He's the best. He's so great. And Babylon AD, he's got to protect a girl who seems like she might only be 15, 16. I don't know how old she is. Yeah. She seems really young. And there's a whole scene where she got, wants to touch his chest. And they feel like they're about to make out. And I felt, please don't make this happen. This feels very uncomfortable. Um, yeah, she could. it seemed like she was like way too young yeah. in that movie. But make it even worse in Riddick. Vin Diesel does something that I think is insane. He constantly hits on a character in the movie played by Katie Sackhoff. Love those toenails, by the way. Yeah? Predator pink. Matches your nipples. That's so uncomfortable and so rapey that it made me feel disgusted. He literally keeps talking about how he's going to bang her yeah. in his words. He's saying... Things like, Nasty, and I'm not kidding. Like, he says balls deep at one point. We're yeah, gonna be, I'm going to be balls deep in you. It, it is, is this supposed to be a good guy? Is this supposed to be the hero? Am I supposed to like Riddick? That's the thing. If we're, if number five is he thinks the world of himself and he thinks he's like really super sexy. That's six. And that's six. We're already on six. I can't even believe it. But yeah. So like, okay, number six. So he's, yeah, he thinks the, the world of himself. He he thinks why, he's sexy. But why in these movies does the director always allow this shit to happen? Well, because he's an action star. So the action star always has to get the girl. It's very rare which the other way around. It's not good. Again, we're going to keep bringing up John McClane because he's the top of the tier of what you make a action film like. 
And and the and the whole movie in that is he's got wife relationship problems, but he still cares about his wife, and he's trying really hard to keep that marriage alive. And he's not about other women, whereas in every other action movie, everybody's about sleeping with other women. They're mm-hmm. not. They can't have a steady relationship. They got to have it open, and they got to have knock boots with everybody they see. So him knocking him like flirting with Katie Sackhoff in this movie in this Riddick film. What's really odd about this is the, the Katie Sackhoff character that she's playing is a badass. And I would say she's probably the best part of the whole film. She just plays badass women so great. Oh, I, yeah. I love watching her yeah, punch guys of, in the face. Yeah, she's I one love. of those, like, you know, badass chicks yeah. that you can, like, it, like, she's like one of those people that, you know, your top 10 if you're ever in a bar fight, you know, that's for you me. You just anyway. kind of want her to be there. Yeah. Yeah. It, you love that Starbuck thing. It was perfect casting, but again, here it's even better casting. She just is so badass in it. And at the end of the movie, she's into it. She loves that he's been flirting with yeah. her in that sense. Oh. And she's like, you know what? I like it. Why? I, I don't know. Maybe because he's, there's not very many men to choose from in that area where she, she is. She actually <laughs> is the only woman in a movie know. of 20 guys. Yes, and yes, she, yes. you're saying that she, the only guy she has is like, you know what? The guy said, "I'm gonna be balls deep in you later." I, I like. That I know guy. it's so sweet and romantic, you yeah. know. Like he, he's always, you know, he, he in all his movies, he really kind of does play that kind of jerky guy. So um, because that's because of his arrogance. Like I really genuinely believe he's not acting. I think that he actually is like that in real life. If you I've never met him. I don't know what kind of person he truly is, but I just get that impression. That he is one of those, like, just a, a creep. And I'm going to pepper in right now the clip of him making that uh, reporter uncomfortable. The first one, and he... God, he's so beautiful. God, she's so beautiful, man. <laughs> am I right or wrong? Look at her. How am I supposed to do this interview? Look at this woman. Tell me your story. She's so beautiful. <laughs> Go on, your man. Talk to me, baby. Tell me your story. <laughs> Tell me your. Let's get out of here. Let's go. Let's let's go have lunch. My God, I love her. Look how beautiful she is. Thank you. God, wow, man. So, Tom oh, Hanks. Wow, man. Ah, yeah, Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Tom great Hanks. guy. He was a great guy, and he he kind of told me what it was going to be like to be a movie star. And the last thing I wanted, I saw you speaking I Am Groot in so many languages, but I don't know if you ever said it in Portuguese. So I brought you... I did say it in Portuguese. Did you? Eu sou o Groot. Eu sou o Groot. Eu sou o Groot. Eu? I love her. Man, she's so fucking sexy. It's not, I can't do this interview. Look at her. Does anyone say this? Guys. What's wrong? Am I the only one that's saying it? Look at her. She's so fucking beautiful. It's like you can't even do an interview with her because you're just like, da, 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 da. Right or wrong? Oh my God, guys, someone saved me. When did this turn into beautiful world? When did this turn into the most gorgeous girl in Brazil? When did this turn into I love you? Thank you so much. Thank you very much. There's there's no acting going on in any of his movies. I just feel yeah. like, you know, he he's put in front of the camera. He thinks that he is just freaking some hot shit. And he's just the same exact character in every single movie. That's what I feel. Yeah. I just feel that way. Yeah. And I, I would say to add to this list, if we had to give a seven, perfect 
apt to what we're just talking about is how he is the best at what he does. But all these things we've talked about already, mm-hmm. it all comes to a head in the end of his films. He can literally kill everybody off in the film and just take what he needs and leave. Yeah. But he never does because no. he always has a heart. Like we said, we already said that. It's all coming together in this one package. He's got to make the bad guys learn a lesson. Or always. he's got to learn a lesson. There has to be a there lesson. There has to be. Yeah. But it's usually he's so great. He's got to make everybody turn good or or team up with him and have a moment of like, hey, we're friends. Yeah. It, it's some kind of like happy closure. You a know? bizarre happy closure that's yeah. way too perfect for his character to get to that moment. In Babylon AD, he's set up to be a guy that lives on his own, eats cats, uh, drinks wine in the apocalypse <laughs> out of a wine glass. It is crazy. And at the end of the movie, he's in a house that doesn't look like it exists in the world that we've already seen with kids. Right. And a wife beater. He looks like he's in the Fast and the Furious. Yeah. And it does not fit the character that was set up. Previous, right? It just seems like um, his other characters are starting to make their way into this film. It's just every character is the same character. It is. I think that he must have a checklist that he. This checklist we've actually just talked about. He must bring them this checklist to every Mm -hmm. studio. Say, this is the movie I want to make. Yeah. Just found a way to make it fit another movie concept. Sci-fi. I don't care if it's a children's film. I don't care if it's a dance-off movie. I want to have this happen. It has to have at least the five things in common that he needs in every movie. Like It's odd. It's getting harder for me to watch his movies. I mean, after I've been subjected for these last couple of days. <laughs> well, let, me, let me. Utter crap. Let me give you this now. If I were to tell you that Riddick has a 6.5 on IMDb, how would you feel about that? No. I give it a four. <laughs> I know, I know. I give it a four as well. well. I just think it's it's ridiculous. I mean, everything that happens in the movie is just so it's it's just over the top. I mean, so why do you think it is that people gravitate toward this because it has a six point five on IMDb? They grew. Okay, I'm gonna tell you right now. I think guys like Vin Diesel movies because he's like action star. He's like the ultimate action star. You know, he's a, he's a tough guy. He's brooding, you know, he fires guns, he jumps off motorcycles, he drives fast cars. And and I think a lot of people like those kind of movies because they don't they want to go to a movie and they don't want to think. They don't want to have to, you know, think about anything. And with Vin Diesel movies, there's nothing un- it, there's nothing under the surface. Like what you see is what you get. This is just what you get. There is no thinking. There is no um, any kind of hidden mystery there. You know, the, all of your expectations are right there on the surface. There's just nothing unexpected happening in any of these movies. It's the same exact thing every time. It's just yeah. the same tune every time. And then I think women go to, to see these movies. Do they? If they go see with their significant other. I mean, I really don't think that women are going in hordes together yeah, I was to see a Vin Diesel movie. Do you, you think know. that women, do you think that there are there is a group of women who find this man incredible. Oh, I think that there are, I mean, there's a group for everything, Okay. you know, but yeah, True, I, but... I do think that there are women out there that find him really attractive. Wow. Uh, most women I know 
would probably want to go see a movie like Dirty Dancing together or Sex in the City together or one of those like, mm. you know, a Chance Tatum film, you know, you know, like a, you know, Magic Mike or something like that. But I don't think they're flocking to yeah. see the Fast and the Furious movies together because Vin Diesel, yeah, you know, like he thinks the world of himself, like he just thinks he's dead sexy. But I, I'm personally not attracted to him. I don't find him appealing. Okay. But I don't. Yeah, that's just me. I bet if we were to look into it more, we would find out that he, these movies don't actually have great box office. I don't really think that he makes the money. I know the Fast and the Furious movies do. Well, I think the Fast and the Furious movies make money simply because it's an ensemble. And I think also because, you know, people have just kind of, a lot of, you know, people have grown up with the Fast and the Furious movies. I mean, there's so many of them. And it's now it's like, okay, it, we have to, we have to go see the next one. We just have to see the next one and the next one. It's the what I find fascinating about the Fast and the Furious franchise in particular is that how it's evolved to make money because the movies weren't making a lot of money. Uh, the first one, uh, I think, did okay to make another one, but I think people want to see it only because of cars, because people love cars, fast cars. But the second one didn't even have Vin Diesel, as I remember. I think it took place with Paul Walker's character. And I think three took a whole new character. And it didn't, and it eventually showed up in a cameo. I think to make another movie or something, he did that. And then they realized, oh, these things are actually making money. Mm -hmm. Let's come back and bring everybody back together. And then they started doing that. But as they started doing that, people kept, they started becoming action films instead of car racing movies. And like these uh, crime throws, they just started becoming these crazy action movies. And I think that people started going to see them more and more because they wanted to see how insane the next one was going. To be. Yeah, it's I think like, it, it became just... a new a new thing to talk about around the cooler. Like yeah. the the whole like this new Jurassic Park movies. Everybody wanted to know what's going to happen, so we all got to go see it so no one spoils it. Mm -hmm. And the same thing with the Fast and Furious. It just keeps growing, and and it's all almost become. A laugh fest. Let's go see this thing. But I have heard that there are huge groups of people who find the Fast and the Furious later movies to be amazing. That's insane. And, and I mean, that blows my mind. They I don't all run know, together for me. They all run together. I can't. It could be because it's like our nostalgia thing that the movies from the '80s that we love so much. Yeah. Uh, that we hold them dear, and the kids of today are holding the Fast and the Furious movies dear because it's something they grew up with as being great. Who knows? Maybe when I was, I don't know, uh, N, and I had seen a Fast and the Furious movie, it might have been the best movie ever made. Yeah. You know, I can see that. I mean, I get it. You know, like when you're, you're growing up and you see these kind of movies, like crime drama, but with fast cars, and, you know, they're all a group of friends, and they love each other, and, you know, they say family a lot, and <laughs> um, a kid thrown in the mix after, you know, and that's on that's in Fast 9. But like I, I, they just all run together for me. Do, I mean, yeah. I, I can't even tell you which is which. The only one I remember really is Fast Nine because Charlize isn't it? And she was in the last two. Or the last something. two, yeah. I, I the I, only thing I remember, like the things that stand out, because I actually enjoy these films because they're so crazy, is the villains got increasingly better, and they kept getting bigger and bigger, bigger actors to play those characters. And then one of these movies in particular has every action star fighting them. 
Yeah. It has like Tony Jaa. It has Ronda Rousey. There's all these people are fighting them in one movie. And and Jason Statham, I think, was the villain. Jason Statham it's, was, yeah. It's amazing. And oh, I was. Oh. Can we talk about uh, how. Isn't it John Cena? That's his brother. That's and the last one John Cena showed up is his brother, Magically. Yeah. It's just so. Really? Yeah. Come on. And this series has had everybody showing up in it. It's it's honestly the anti version of the Expendables. This has everybody. The only person that crosses over between that this and the Expendables is Jason Statham, but this has everybody else. Kurt Russell. Uh, they just had uh, yeah. Michael Rooker show up in the last one. Everybody who is not in the Expendables is in these movies. It's amazing. It's just amazing to see what they've done. And I, I give them credit. I think I, the credit really falls on, uh, I believe it's, is it James Wan? Who, who's no, the director? it's Justin Lin. Justin Lin. Um, but he, it's, I, I don't know. I thought the only one that I really um, super duper appreciated was Hobbs and Shaw. I really liked that movie. Yeah. And I mean, it's, they're and calling then, it Fast and the Furious, Hobbs and Shaw, but it's like more like. Yeah, it was a spinoff of the two characters, yeah. uh, Jason Statham and The Rock. Um, I would have loved to have seen another one of those because they had so much chemistry. Yeah. And they set up a whole bunch of side characters. There are so many um, good people in that. Um, Idris Elba was in that. And, yeah, he was the villain, yeah. And Helen Mirren. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just feel like. We're just watching the same Vin Diesel movie over and over. That's and over. all. That's all this is about is this cookie cutter taste, and you know, I, I don't see him coming out with a lot of movies. It, I I really feel like right now we're in a time period. Like I think I said, he's fifty five years old, and I feel like we're getting to that time period where he's only got the Fast and Furious movies. I have no. I really had no idea he was fifty five. Fifty five. He looks yeah. good for fifty five. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I mean, to yeah. give him. That I mean, he he definitely looks good for fifty five. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at, at the end of the day, I really don't know if we are going to keep seeing these movies. But if you go back to the early two thousands, you can't help but see these movies. They are just you can find probably like fifteen movies of just the same Vin Diesel movies over and over and over. And it's it's a it's a fascinating thing. I can't believe he's even got enough of a career. We can tell everybody demands. This is the kind of movie I want to make. I know it's it, that's bizarre. I mean, it is. It is crazy. That's bonkers that he has the freaking audacity to make yeah. those demands and actually have those demands met. It's I mean, like, it's a shame though because I wonder if his if his movies would be a little better if he threw out the ego, if he threw out all these seven listed things that we came up with, just to say like, hey, change it up, maybe make a better movie by changing your ideas a little bit, make it a little more interesting, get hurt, have like actual reasons to have your character be doing things. Not always just be like, you know, I'm going through something, but I'm a badass and I'm also a good guy. And I'm also mm -hmm. always things. maybe try to do a little something different. I know. Maybe expand upon it. Right. You know? Like if, but if you want to like have a movie that has heart, make like a drama or, or like yeah, a romantic comedy or, or something different than this same, the same movie every yeah. time. Yeah. So I mean, it's a shame. It's a, uh, it's an interesting thing. But yeah, I mean, uh, just going back to Riddick, it, it it's uh, it it wasn't a good movie. And the same thing with Babylon AD. We watched back to back. Both are 
I would say four stars. I gave them both a four. I, I honestly just was bored and just every five or so minutes I kept going, oh my God, that's crazy. Over yeah. and over and over. I mean, how many times can you say that in, in his movies? It's like, it's always the same thing. Like, oh, come on, man. Yeah. Like, come it's on. something a little different. Dude, step it up. I, I, I'll be shocked if we see another Vin Diesel movie outside of the Fast and the Furious, and I'm not counting Groot stuff uh, because that's odd in itself. Yeah. But I'll be shocked. But I would love to see him do something like what John Cena is doing with the uh, Peacemaker and stuff like that. It would be really interesting to see if he actually finally does something a little different with his career. I hope that kind of happens. I'd like to see it happen. At the same time, I don't want him to keep doing the same old crap. And I'm, I'm, I'm ready for him to move on from it. Yeah. So, yeah, that's my uh, thoughts on uh, Vin Diesel and the Chronicles of Vin Diesel. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, I know the audio is messed up, but we're still trying to work on it. Hopefully it sounds good enough. But thanks for yeah. listening if you're listening. And have a good night. Yo soy good. Yo soy crew. Yo soy crew.